You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. On today's episode, we are inspired by a conversation I recently had with a, a longtime coaching client. And this guy that I've been working with, and he might be listening now, and if you are, well, you're going to hear me say this once again, tends to be a bit of an overthinker, an overanalyzer, which is causing just tons of anxiety, tons of frustration. And all this frustration is completely self-created. And so as I was going through and helping my client here, I thought I need to discuss this in greater detail on a podcast episode, because I guarantee you are doing this, that you are having these exact same issues. And I know you are, because not only do I see it in our clients here in the Trip Advice program, but I used to be that way as well. In fact, to some degree, I still do this, but I have worked so hard at this over so many years I've been able to get to a whole new place in my life. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this idea of overthinking and overanalyzing. So the episode today is called the number one hidden obstacle stopping you from attracting more women. And the obstacle is the overthinking that you're doing. And it's hidden because you don't know you're doing it. You're so caught up in the thoughts in your head that you are not even in this world. You're, you're in that reality. You're not on planet Earth anymore. You're in planet your head. Your thoughts can be the end of you or the start of you. I say this because they can completely make your life a living hell. But if you know how to use your thoughts, or I should say observe your thoughts properly, then you're going to be able to get through life so much easier. Now, I understand that sometimes life and the things that come at us do require some analyzation. They require thought. They require some, some thinking, right? That, that has to happen. So sometimes it can be good for us to do that, but a lot of us are going to the deep end. And we're making it a lot worse for ourselves than it really has to be. So that's my little intro here in terms of what we're talking about today. And we'll dive into some actual examples of where you're doing overanalyzing, where you're doing overthinking. And I'm going to be giving you some solutions to help you out here. Same things that I'll be doing that I have done with, uh, with my client that I'm working with. Okay. If you want to become a client as well in the Trip Advice Accelerator Coaching Program, you can learn more about it by booking a free call with us. We're taking a lot of calls. In fact, I'm taking a lot of calls as well. So you might end up on the phone with me. If you go to tripadvicecoaching.com and you book a call, then we can chat about coaching. But more importantly, we chat about your situation, right? That's where we really dive in, a deep dive into what's going on with you, what it's causing, where are the troubles with women and dating, where is it not going right for you, and then how can we fix it? So we give you an entire game plan on how to fix it, 
and how the coaching program will actually get you to the point where you are dating tons more women and getting more women to actually like you and not have to go through what I'll be talking about today in terms of this over analysis. Okay. So go to tripadvicecoaching.com, book a call with us so we can chat and help you. We have lots of options. Uh, one-on-one coaching is really the most popular so we can get you help faster. That's what one-on-one coaching is. You get unlimited texting with your coach. You get calls every week. And of course you will get access to my entire catalog of courses which I have been refining over the years. There's right now about seven to eight different courses that teach you everything from sex to attraction, to getting a girlfriend, to flirting, to texting, to online dating, to approaching, literally everything. And you get all of that included and a copy of my book as well, Magnetic. So check it out, tripadvicecoaching.com. Link is in the show notes. And now let's talk more about overthinking and overanalysis and how it is just completely ruining you. And I, I know that sounds intense, but... I am not exaggerating here. It really is the end of you. I see it. I see it. I see how painful it is. I've lived it. Okay, so one way in which you're probably doing this, this is the most popular way. One way in which you're doing this is you are doing this when you are trying to figure out if the girl likes you. And we just sit here and we just wonder based on every single move that she does if she likes you. We're looking at how she acts exactly on the date, how fast she responds to text messages. We're looking at even into the intricacies of her, like what does it mean when she liked that text? And before she never liked my text messages, before she gave me a response, like she would actually write something out in the text, but now she's just liking the text message. What does that mean? What's going on? And then we freak ourselves out because we create our own stories in our head. We create this narrative that is, could be true, could be false. We don't know, but we create a narrative that is likely one where it doesn't favor you, right? So you come up with the narratives, oh, maybe she doesn't like me anymore. Maybe she's with another guy. Maybe she's over me. Oh, you know what? She probably is on another date and she's having sex right now. And you just go crazy, go absolutely crazy creating stories that are most likely, by the way, not true. You know, it's funny. It's funny. We, we really, we go into this place that's so dark sometimes. Like when a girl doesn't text you back, when a girl doesn't say the things that she used to say anymore, looks at you in a different way. And we go to this dark place and we make up stories. And it's funny because all the stories, they're it's a lot of projecting. You're almost treating women like they're men. Like you think, oh, she's probably banging a bunch of dudes. Oh, she's probably banging a bunch of dudes. She's probably with a guy right now. She's probably with a guy. You might even imagine she's with a guy who's better than you, better looking or richer or stronger or smarter, whatever it is. Like, God, you go into this super dark place. I know some of you don't go there, but then I know some of you are listening and you're like, wow, Trip is reading me like a book. Right? We go to that dark place, we make up all these stories. And it's funny too, because 99% of the time, those stories are not true. Guys, women are not like men. I know that now because of third wave feminism, women are more sexually liberated than they ever have been before. So they are, they do have an increase in sexual partners. They are dating more, but women are still not men. 
women don't just want to just go out there and bang everything they can. Like, you know, if you stopped masturbating for two weeks, you would think a girl that was not attractive anymore is super attractive because you have crazy amounts of testosterone and you're wired to just want to sleep with women. Women are not wired to just bang a bunch of guys. So it's funny how we create these stories in our head that she's out there doing something, she's flirting, she's making out with somebody, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, okay, is it possible? Is it possible? Well, anything's possible. You know, I, I, was, I was at a therapy session. I think it was like six years ago. I was, in, I was in a therapy session. And I remember, I remember he, I came up with some anxious thought. And he goes, you have to ask yourself two questions. You have to ask yourself, one, is it possible? And two, is it probable? Is it possible? Is it probable? Right? So, yes, it's possible. Is it possible that she's out there banging a bunch of dudes? Well, sure, it's possible. But then ask yourself, is it probable? And you'll usually come down to the conclusion that no, it's not probable. Is it probable? Like, is that really, like, do you really think that's actually happening? No, probably not, right? Probable, probably not. Anything's possible. Not everything is probable. So that's one thing you have to be asking yourself. So that's one little tip here or solution for you. Okay. Now, you're probably wondering what she's up to, what she's doing. You're wondering why she's texting you a certain way. You're overanalyzing the way she's texting you in all these different ways. You're like, you're like someone in the FBI or CIA or trying to come up with clues and solve this puzzle, which by the way, trying to solve a puzzle that can't be solved. You'll never solve it ever. So point being is you are wasting your time. You have to remember that all the overanalysis and the anxiety-fueled research that you're trying to do in your head, you're wasting your time because you're not going to find anything out. So you're living in a hell world, okay? And this is stopping you from attracting more women because, one, you might end up acting out. So when you get so anxious and you want to try to put an end to the anxiety, which I don't blame you, when you want to put an end to that anxious thoughts of what you're doing, uh, of what you're thinking, you then start to act out, and you start to act out, and you start to be needy. What do you do? You text her. You text her because you want to see if she'll respond to you, so you'll see what she's doing. You'll try to have more plans with her throughout the week, You'll want to see her more. Maybe when you're in person, you're going to start acting in a way that's going to be even more needy, asking what were they doing last night and who were they with and trying to solve some sort of puzzle, which I said earlier, cannot be solved. So then women start to see it. They start to see this neediness. And if we were to summarize some of the most unattractive traits to women, one of the top ones is neediness. Women hate a man who is needy because a man who is needy does not have self-control and a man who doesn't have self-control doesn't have a life that is prospering and she cannot be with a man who is emotionally weak 
She has to be with a guy who has his shit together and a guy who's anxious and super jealous and super needy is not that guy, which she's, she's right too. I mean, that guy, yeah, maybe he's got his life together on, on some degree, but it's going to be hell for her being with a guy like that. Cause is that guy really capable of solving more problems or is he just going to be in his head all the time being anxious about what if, 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 what if. So women can see it and it's not attractive, but more so as much as I know this podcast is about how to attract women and be better at dating. I also see it as a personal development podcast. So it's more than just teaching you not to be overthinking and overanalyzing because it's not attractive to women, but also I don't want you to be in the hell that you're in. So that's another reason, based off of today's episode title, why it's stopping you from attracting more women, not just because it's unattractive to her, but because it doesn't allow you to be the most attractive version of yourself. You get what I'm saying here? You're too caught up in the worries You're too caught up in the analysis and it's not causing you to take action. We become paralyzed. That is what anxiety can do to us. It's very hard to move forward when you have that kind of anxiety and that kind of overthinking because you just end up sitting there thinking. Again, like I said earlier, living in your head, not in the real world, not in reality. So what do we need to do here? Well, there's a few things. One is understanding and having the mindset that you won't solve the issue. You won't solve the problem of knowing if she's interested in you or if she's with other guys or if she likes you or whatever it may be. You're not going to, you're just not going to solve it by thinking. You're not going to solve it by overanalyzing, by trying to get so granular with the exact verbiage of text message to send and when to send it and exactly what to say when you're on a date and how to be have the perfect date and be the perfect person. All of that is not going to do anything. You won't solve it. Okay. So that's mindset. Number one is you won't solve it. Also the next mindset is knowing that if you want to know if she likes you, if she's really interested, it's a clear and simple way. All you need to do is be observant to whether or not she meets up with you. I say that so funny, like it's not hard to observe that. That's all it is. Is she meeting up with you? Is she still interested in in being with you in person? Not how she text messages you and how often she responds to you. If you try to ask her out and you want to see her again and she says, no, I'm busy and you just can't get her to meet up with you, we have our answer now. But as long as she keeps on wanting to be with you, as long as you keep on having some sort of romantic time with her, So there is a part two, you know, it's not just like seeing her. Like, I don't want you to think that this girl likes you. You could be in the friend zone. But hopefully I'm talking to the guys right now who are going on actual dates with women, right? Because that's what you want. 
let's not even think to analyze whether or not she likes you if you're in the friend zone. You should just be asking her out anyways. But you need to be seeing, okay, is she meeting up with you? And are you guys getting physical? Are you still being physically intimate? Because the number one difference between a girl really liking you and really not is that physical intimacy. Are you guys having sex, fooling around, kissing, touching? I know that that's funny. You know, it's, I, I, I know that that's not everything. But of course it's not everything. No one ever is just sitting there all the time touching and having sex. 99% of the time you're with any woman ever for the history of your life, you're usually talking, hanging out. Unless it's like a friends with benefits. That's a different situation. In that case, maybe you are spending a majority of your time hooking up. But if it's a girl that's not a friends with benefits, if it's not a casual relationship or it's an actual dating relationship, you're going to be spending most of your time talking and hanging out and doing stuff. And then in between there, there's some kissing and touching and then sporadic in between there's some sex. Like even if you're having sex with a girl every single day and she's staying over with you for a full week, you're still only having sex about 10% of the time. Okay, we're on a little bit of a tangent now. Let's come back. The point being is that as long as you know that that is still happening, the physicality still exists, dude, she likes you. There's nothing to think about here. It's nothing to overanalyze, nothing to be worried about. And if that stuff is not happening, she's not interested. And then you move on and you find someone else. One way to combat this is to date other women. That prevents you from being needy. I know that that's, some guys that's hard advice. Some guys it's not, some guys it is. I don't know, for me, it was, I was somewhere in between. Like I could date a few girls at a time, but you know, after I get to like date three or four or five with a girl, I start to kind of zone in on her and that's fine. That's not the end of the world. I I did okay with that, but you don't want to be just dating one girl at a time because a lot of dates fall off. Most women you won't see after a first date or a second date. So it's good to be dating multiple women at once so you're not sitting here anxious and needy. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is to stay busy. My friends, stay busy. Please. Hobbies, year-round. Winter hobby, summer hobby, year-round hobby. Pick them, do them, stay busy. Friends, hang out with them. Goals, do them. Gym, go there. Have relaxing time. And here's my last and biggest tip here is insert time for meditation. Meditation is one of the more practical ways to help conquer anxiety and overthinking. It's a way to, instead of be your thoughts, you can be the observer of your thoughts. Eckhart Tolle talks about this best in his book called The Power of Now. It is about being the observer. What does that mean? That means that when a thought enters your head, for example, she's not responding back to me, she's probably with another guy. That's you being engrossed by your thoughts. Or you can say, hmm, I had that thought. That's an interesting thought. Now you're the observer of the thought because you're thinking about the thought. 
that's a way better place to be because you can say, hmm, interesting thought. And then you can move on to the next activity. You might even be able to look at that thought and go, hmm, that's an interesting thought I just had there. Is it possible she's with another guy right now? Well, yeah, it's possible. Is it probable? Hmm, doesn't seem too probable. We've been on four or five dates already. That doesn't seem so probable. Let's move on. And you can move on to staying busy and doing other things. So meditation is a way to practice this because meditation is all about presence. It's about remaining still. And it's about not being inside of your thoughts, but being one step outside of your thoughts to observe them and let them pass. Eckhart Tolle says in his book, The Power of Now, the one quote I will never forget is, you are not your thoughts. Genius. Genius. You are not your thoughts. And he's right. You know, another thing too, and he talks about this a little bit, it's not, this is not an exact quote, but one thing I've gotten from it is, you are not your emotions either. You do realize that, right? You are not anxious. You're feeling anxious. You are never sad. You're feeling sad. You're never even happy. You're feeling happy. Because our feelings are constantly changing. So we are never one thing all the time. We are emotional creatures. And we feel happy and sad and depressed and excited and horny and hungry and all the different things. And they keep on switching. Dynamic. It's dynamic. So you're not your emotions. You're not your thoughts. So who are you? That's a good question. That's when it gets pretty deep. For now, we can say you are the observer. Oh, interesting. I'm feeling kind of sad today. Interesting. I'm feeling really happy today. Interesting. I'm feeling a little anxious right now. Oh, interesting. I had a thought there. Maybe she's with a bunch of guys right now. Huh. That's an interesting thought. Oh, maybe she hasn't responded to my text for a while. Maybe she doesn't like me. Is that possible? It's possible. Is it probable? Mm, no, because we saw each other last night, so I don't know why she would just not like me all of a sudden out of nowhere. It doesn't seem probable. Okay, let's move on. See what I did there? That's an example of using the exercise and becoming the observer. There is uh, There are some great apps out there, by the way for meditation. Headspace is one of them. Um, There it is, Insight Timer. Yeah, that's another one. And another good app too, there's a bunch of these. Uh, One's called Habit Share, where you can track habits. That one's a good one because it helps you create habits. And there's some dopamine that gets clicked or released, I should say, not clicked, uh, released in your brain every time you go into the app and kind of hit, okay, I meditated today or I accomplished whatever habit I'm trying to create. And you, you, you press it and it turns the, um, the day a, a color like green. And it feels good to see how long you've been streaking on whatever it is that you're trying to do. Speaking of, by the way, there's another app. If anyone is trying to become sober in anything, that's another app that helps with that. It's called I Am Sober. 
And that helps you with any sort of addictions, like literally anything. Like you can do porn addiction and and drug addiction and internet addiction and cigarettes and nicotine and all that stuff. Um, that's another cool app for tracking things. So thought I'd recommend that. Those are some apps that I've 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 seen and heard of and even used before. Really helpful stuff. But all that can help you at least track a habit of meditating practicing, being present, being in the moment. And if things get really intense and you find that you are just in general an anxious person all the time, it's possible that this can be caused from something that's happened in the past. It could be from traumas. It could be from all kinds of inner wounds. So psychologists can really help with that. Psychiatrists can also help with that. That's kind of where... Our advice here stops at, at trip advice. We are not doctors. We don't claim to be, you know, we just help you with dating, but also, of course, the personal development, becoming the best version of yourself. And in order to do that, it's going to help you tremendously to try to remain present and, and practice the mindsets that I told you earlier. Okay. Being the observer of your thoughts and the emotions, understanding if things are possible versus probable. And remembering to know that a woman is interested in you if she's meeting up with you and you guys are having romantic type of meetups. All right, now it's time for some Q&A. I hope that today's episode has helped you so far. It's definitely one that I know can be a little bit more challenging, and it takes a little bit of time, but I hope that this can be the start to a process that can really help you as you continue to learn how to be more present and how to involve meditation in your life and how to get rid of any overanalyzing, overthinking, which will prevent you again from being too needy and unattractive to the women that you date, okay? All right, let's go into some questions. You can also email me with any questions you have. Email me trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question, and I will answer your questions here personally on the podcast. Don't be afraid. Put in the questions. Give me the detail, and you can get a good idea of what these questions are like as I answer them right now. This one is from Corey. He says, hey, Trip, I've been listening off and on for almost two years. I've been able to pick up on more than I thought I could have. Here's my question. Am I wrong or bad for usually getting with women that are under my standards, sometimes bigger girls, just because I know I can take care of business? Please let me know if there's something wrong going on here. Thank you, Corey. Corey, I think that to answer your question, it, well, first of all, no, it's, it's totally fine. You know, I, I don't know why that would be a big deal. You're not always going to be, you know, with women that are, you know, above your standards. Now, that doesn't mean you should necessarily settle, but I know that life happens and you end up hooking up with a girl that maybe isn't the most perfect 10 for you. And no, that's fine. I wouldn't make a habit of it because you're just going to feel bad about yourself. But more importantly, if we look at the bigger picture here, let's talk about the three non-negotiables. Okay. So the three non-negotiables are really the, the three things that you're looking for in a woman, but also you need to be clear on whether or not you're looking for a relationship or you're looking for casual relationships. Okay. I urge you to pick one. A lot of guys will not listen to that advice and they'll usually just go with both of them. Like, Oh, I want to do a little bit of everything. 
and it just becomes a waste of time. You know, it's like, just spend your time. If your goal is, for example, to get into a relationship and you want something serious, you're just going to waste time in these casual relationships when you can be on dates with women who you really want. Like meaning this woman who is a little bit bigger, maybe that's not someone who you would have been with long-term if you're trying to find someone long-term. So you end up in this scenario where you could potentially, and by the way, this happens quite a bit, is when you're looking for something serious, but you're open to also doing some casual and having some fun, you know, some of those girls that you're doing casual with, maybe you fall for. And why is that bad? Because they don't pass your non-negotiables and we're human beings and we become attached. We become attracted to sometimes women that are not good for us. And then you end up with the wrong woman. I've seen it happen plenty of times. It's happened to me. And it's happened to some guys that we've talked to in our coaching program. And we help prevent guys to not have that happen when we coach them. And I'm trying to help you prevent that now too. So Corey, you got to get clear. What is it that you're looking for? Because if you're looking for casual, then the answer is absolutely no, there's nothing wrong with it. You're just looking for casual relationships. And okay, once in a while, you'll sleep with someone who's not maybe your exact perfect 10, no big deal. But if you're looking for something serious, then yeah, you're, you're absolutely wasting your time. It's like, okay, now you're just sleeping with women who you're not even that attracted to. And that night could have been something where you're going on a date with someone you're actually more interested in or a second date with someone you're more interested in or putting in time on the apps or going out and approaching or spending time with your friends or your goals or your career. Like There is time that's better spent than just doing casual hookups with women that you're not that interested in seeing. Okay. And I do understand that sometimes you end up thinking you like someone and then you do sleep with them only to find that you don't have the sexual connection and you meant it for it to be something more than it was, but it turns out it just not because you guys weren't connecting on that level. That's fine. That's not a waste of time because you were seeking to see if this is someone that you would be more long-term with. Okay. And this is not me coming at you and preaching anything in terms of religious advice here or, you know, high moral ethical advice like, oh, you shouldn't be casual dating. No, that's, that's fine. It's just, there's a clash of goals when you're trying to do both. So pick one, pick one arena, stick with that for a while. And then you'll know what kind of, then, then you'll know whether or not to feel bad per se or wrong, or if, you're spending time with women under your standards, like you'll have just a better idea and better picture of where that aligns with your goals. Stephen Covey says this in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is one of the habits is start with the end in mind. So before you're doing anything, think about the end in mind. And to take that step even further, what can't be measured can't be managed. So we want to make sure everything we're doing can be measured to the best of our degree. That's why we have, for example, three non-negotiables, because that can be measured. There's three of them. You're looking for those three things when you're looking for something for a more serious relationship. You can even measure the amount of approaches you do and how much time you're swiping. All that stuff can be measured and therefore can be managed and therefore you can get better results. Corey, thank you for writing in. Hope that helps. Appreciate it. And let's move on to Craig. Craig says, hi, Trip. I work in a large supermarket and there is a regular customer I have noticed. 
who is polite and engaging. I was just wondering, is there a way I can ask out this customer at work as friends to start with without humiliation or damaging company reputation and hoping she still trusts our store to keep her as a regular customer? Sounds silly, I guess, but I'm sure it happens more than you think in retail. Anyway, please let me know your thoughts about how to deal with this situation. Many thanks, Craig. Okay, Craig, easy answer here is nope. You are not going to try to engage with this woman in anything other than business. And that is the extent to this relationship until you no longer work there. Okay, why is that the answer? Because your work, especially as a man, because that is one of the ways that you are going to provide value, is focusing on your work. I think I said that a little bit backwards. Your work as a man is what you're, it's, that's the way you're providing value. And we don't want to interfere with that because it's so important. No woman and this is not, life is not a romantic comedy that was, you know, written in some Hollywood apartment by some guy who knows how to really pull the strings to get someone to feel emotional. Okay. Life is not like that. That's a movie where love comes first and no, this is the woman that I have to go for. If that's so important to you, quit your job. But if you say, no, Trip, I'm not going to quit my job. Well, then you're, clearly your job is very important. And why would you risk that? Why would you risk that? If you damage company reputation, if you do this and she complains, there is a risk involved. So do you want to risk your work? If the answer is no, you don't want to risk your work, then why are we, why are we liking this girl? Because she's polite and engaging. You know nothing about this woman. You have instantly put her, Craig, on a pedestal. She is instantly on a pedestal because she's nice and cute. That is a commodity. Nice and cute is a commodity. There's plenty of women who are nice and cute. This is what happens is guys, and I get it. I get it. Tough love here, Craig. I get it. Guys are in default scarcity. So when we have an opportunity, and this is, as you're seeing, I'm trying to tell you through the advice here, it's not an opportunity or it shouldn't be, but I get it. You see it as an opportunity because when we are around women, who are nice, who we're attracted to, and there's frequent encounters, we really want to take advantage of that opportunity because default, we don't have a lot of women. They're not coming and asking us out. They're not approaching us. They're not swiping on us as much as men are on women. I get it. But I want to teach you here to flip that mindset. And it should not be that way. You should be dating other women You should be working on your dating life to get other women so that when you see an opportunity like this, you go, oh, wow, it'd be really cool. You know, you'd say to yourself, super cool if I could ask this girl out, but I know I'm not going to because I have a job, I'm not going to risk it. And who cares? I have all these other women that I'm talking to that won't risk my job. You say, but Trip, you don't understand. Like, she's the cutest one I've seen. Oh, well. That's all I can say, my friend. Oh, well. So no, don't judge yourself. You said, sounds silly, I guess. No, it doesn't. It's not silly. It's normal. This happens. This happens quite a bit, especially in the work environment. We spend a lot of time around women we, that we 
we create these relationships with. And if you're not dating outside of that and you think that she's even somewhat cute and you're spending a lot of time with her and she's nice and polite, then we start dating women at work and that becomes a problem. So I know that you said, I'm sure it happens more than you think in retail. Well, you'll know better than, than I will, Craig. But it seems like, even though I don't know your industry that well, it, you wouldn't be asking me if there wasn't some sort of risk. You would just go for it. So if you're asking me this question, there's enough risk there where it's probably not a good idea. So if you have to ask, I would not do it. I'd be dating other women and focusing on that. Good question, Craig. Thank you so much for emailing in. Let's go to Steven from Honolulu. Hey, Trip, how's it going? I've emailed before and I have another question. Say you just started talking to someone on a dating app and they ask you if you have Instagram because they hardly go in the app. We hardly talk, only here and there, and we just started talking about three days ago. How long would it have to take before you give them your number for texting? I don't want to give out my number anytime and to just anyone, not just yet, that is. Thanks again, Stephen from Honolulu. Um, that's interesting that you don't want to do that, but you'd rather give them your Instagram, which I think, if anything, I know that your number is, it's, it's like, that's the way to really contact you. But at the end of the day, your Instagram is even more personal, don't you think? So I wouldn't be doing Instagram exchanging, okay? You do want to do your phone number. I don't, I don't know what you're worried about. I mean, the, I mean, listen, sounds like you have a good problem. If you're giving your number away to that many women, sounds like you have a good problem. But you said, how long would it take to before you give them your number for texting? Almost right away. What are you, what are you waiting for? Do you want to just get to know her over Instagram and DM and you want to just message her all day? Isn't it better to just meet up with them? I don't know about you, but like, I would rather... Isn't your goal to meet with women and get to know them in person? That's the best way to get to know them. It's not going to be over DMing and texting. So let's remember that, first of all. That's the best way. So if that's the best way, then yeah, we want to get them in person as soon as possible. So yeah, you'd want to give your number. If you're that afraid of giving your number away, which I don't think you should be, there's Google Voice. You can create free phone numbers on Google Voice. There's different text message apps and phone number apps, you can get phone numbers. So you can do that as a way to maintain some privacy. But at the end of the day, I just wouldn't be that concerned because you can always block somebody. Like, what are they going to do with your phone number that you're so nervous about? Text you? Well, okay. Call you a bunch? Block them. What are they going to do? Research your phone number and then to find what? No more than if they were to get your Instagram they going to find out where you live? No, they'll probably find out more close to where you live if you start posting a bunch on Instagram. So phone number is not a big issue. And I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I'd be curious to see what concern that you have that I've not come up with so far that there isn't some sort of easy or reasonable solution, which again, would just be blocking that person because they're not going to get too close to you just because they have your number. But there's solutions around that, like I said. So so yeah, you want to give them your number. You want to have them text you. You don't want to waste time on the dating app. And Instagram is just, you know what it is? It's like, it's like a demotion almost. Going from dating app to Instagram is like, oh wow, now we're just even more casual. 
of a connection. Because DMing, anyone can DM anyone at any time. But there's something personal about the, the texting on an app. And then once you get to the phone number, it's even more personal. Because everyone's looking at their text messages because they just pop through your phone or Instagram. You might have to like actually go into the Instagram, into the, you know, it's a little bit more of a, of a reach to get there. So you want that. That's good for you. Great questions today. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. If you need more help, tripadvicecoaching.com. Book a call with me and my team. Let's talk about how we can help you with meeting women on the apps, in person, getting more dates, figuring out your non-negotiables, and making sure we can help you achieve your goals in dating, whether it's casual, whether it's a relationship. We help with both, and we are very, very good at it. You can even see some of our results when you end up booking a call. There's some on that page, tripadvicecoaching.com. You can see some case studies afterwards when you book a call. We give you even more just to prove to you how amazing we are at getting you help. So don't delay, tripadvicecoaching.com. I'll see you and talk to you on the next episode. 